Welcome to the PE Podcast. Welcome to the PE Podcast. We are here today at Hanover Primary School in Islington, meeting head teacher Jack Sloan. Um, the idea is today's podcast is to think about the journey of a new PE subject lead um, in a primary school. Um, so Jack, would you like to start by telling us about your school? Of course. Uh, we're a medium-sized primary school. We've got about 350 children here and we're uh, in the most beautiful place on the side of the Regent's Canal in the middle of London. Um, we serve a really broad and diverse population. I took over the headship of Hanover two and a half years ago, having been the deputy for four years before that. Um, and this year, PE and sports have become a priority for us. I'm really excited about the potential for, for developing PE and sport here for a, for a number of reasons, partly because I think it's been underdeveloped for a long time, uh, and I recognise the need of our children to be uh, fit and to and healthy and also to develop the kind of the skills that go along with a, a, a really good PE and sport curriculum uh, as well as uh, thinking about the potential for leadership within the school and how a PE leader uh, can really make a difference to both the children and the staff who are here. Brilliant. When you took over as a, as a head teacher obviously PE wasn't the first thing on the radar there's probably more important yeah. stuff to begin with um, but when you started considering PE, what was it? You must have had some kind of idea of maybe what you wanted it to look like or be like or feel like here, or maybe some kind of, um, I was going to say vision. It didn't have to be that sort of big. But what, what is it about PE that you want to achieve? Well, I think PE has the, has the potential to permeate a huge number of different areas of the curriculum, and, and that's exciting in itself. I think I've recognised in our children a real lack of fitness uh, and the impact that that has on them in, in all kinds of different ways. Also, the uh, the lack, frankly, of skill that they have when you, you know, watching children playing football, watching watching older children playing football with the, you know, the, the poor skills that they have, both in terms of ability, in terms of uh, their motor skills, but also in terms of their cooperation and team working skills. Those were skills that, you know, of course, we wanted to harbour across the whole curriculum as well as within sport. And so it's, it's important in and of itself, as well as, I think, being part of our, our vision for, for all children in Hanover to develop those social skills and the sort of interpersonal skills that are, are essential in whatever field that they choose to move on, when, move on to when they, when they get older. I think when we first started, when I first started as head here, we in particular noticed uh, behavioural challenges and behavioural needs which related to children not being able to cooperate well, not being able to take challenge well, uh, not being resilient enough when uh, they face difficulties. And those are all skills that are, are you know, developed through the PSHE curriculum, but as well through, through subjects like sport. And I think the idea of both competitive and cooperative uh, physical education um, you know, really build those strengths and help to create the children that we really want in our school. So I've had a relationship with the school for nearly four years, I think. Um, so the first time I came into Hanover was with the previous head teacher. Um, and at that time, most of the PE after school clubs and sport here were run by private coaches. I remember you having someone doing yoga. It was the first time I'd seen yoga in PE down in the hall. 
I remember an athletics coach using your playground on the roof to do relay races and things. Um, one of the big things you've changed is to move PE delivery from private coaches back to class teachers. So can you tell us a bit about why you've done that? Yeah, of course. PE and sport are very much a part of the national curriculum. And I think there's a tendency in primary schools to outsource uh, PE and sport. I think that's a great shame for a number of reasons. I think it sends a clear message to the children that either sport and PE are specialist things that can't be done by normal teachers, or that actually they're not as important as the rest of the curriculum. And so for me, it felt really important that we brought it back in-house, that we... Um, and that we recognised that there were particular skills and uh, there, was, there was a level of understanding around PE and sport that teachers needed to develop, but that also we could do that, just like we would if you know, we were expecting teachers to teach English or design and technology, you know, all of which have their own particular skill sets, but we can develop that within our own teaching staff. And I think... There are, there are lots of reasons why that would be a good idea and uh, lots of reasons why it would be better to do that than to outsource to, to coaches. Um, one of those is, of course, that we know our children really well in primary schools. We work with them all the time. So we can differentiate effectively. We can challenge those children who uh, you know, show real talent and, and who, we can, who we can really push. Uh, we can understand the needs of those children who perhaps find things more difficult. Um, we also can... Can, th- can link PE and sport to the rest of the curriculum in a, in a way that is much more difficult if you have a coach coming in. So where a coach coming in might get to know a child uh, over a period of time, maybe a year or longer, uh, actually they have no understanding of that child in any other subject. And so the link, for example, between uh, sport and PE and um, mathematics, for example, which is a, a link that I would expect class teachers to be making, is something that you can't get through a coach delivery. Um, the other the other side of it is, of course, that our teachers are professionals who uh, deserve really high quality, continuous professional development, and PE is a is a part of the national curriculum, and so they deserve to be given the training and the skills they need in order to be able to teach PE. Mm, that's interesting because I, I've 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 talked to other head teachers about that, and I've the first part of your arguments the one that I hear, but that last bit's really interesting because I suppose from the teacher's point of view, on their career journey they may well end up in their next school they work in expected to teach PE and actually if you've taken that from them yeah you've not really provided them with with the support that they need or the experience and opportunity they need to keep developing I don't understand why PE and sport are more specialist than any other subject area we wouldn't be saying to our teachers you don't have to teach English because it's really tough so why do we do it in PE and sport? I think that it's quite the opposite in some ways, that you know, where our teachers lack the skills sometimes to, to uh, teach a particular subject or in a particular area, that's where we need to provide the support. And that's why uh, we've invested in having a, you know, a, a, a PE leader in our school who um, is not only paid to do the job, but is also given support in order to develop their leadership role. Mm. Um, and it also gives that that leader who in in our case is is somebody who hasn't been teaching for that many years who's who's a fantastic teacher but who who is relatively inexperienced Um, and it gives her also an opportunity to develop her leadership skills too Mm. so it's a win-win for us Mm. and what we're seeing as a result already and perhaps we'll come on to this later 
is that the experience that children are getting in sports and PE is more varied. Um, it's more integrated into the rest of the curriculum as well. Um, and teachers are beginning to feel more confident in the delivery of PE mm. and sport lessons. So that was my, I, was, I suppose that was my next question. Um, maybe many head teachers wouldn't make that change because they would be worried about the reaction of the class teachers. Did you have any difficulty sort of persuading the class teachers that it was going to be okay them doing PE? It was interesting, quite the opposite actually. Lots of teachers said, "We're, you know, we're delighted. We're, you know, this is a this is something we'd love to be able to do with our children, yeah. and, and haven't had the opportunity to to develop." I think what's been lacking, and what perhaps you know, speaking from having taught in various other schools before Hanover myself, was really good guidance and leadership on how to deliver good quality sport and PE mm-hmm. lessons. Yeah. Um, you know, with that lacking, it's really difficult to teach any subject, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if someone says, go and teach a fantastic geography lesson and doesn't give you any guidance in how to do that, yeah. it's just yeah. as difficult as it would be, a, you, know, yeah. a, 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 sure. you know, a team game or, or whatever. And so it's just about providing the leadership that people need. And you've mentioned your subject lead, who we're going to meet a bit later, Isla. And so um, she is an inexperienced teacher, um, but very able to do this job. And you've talked about support. So what kind of support have you given to her in this year? Because she's starting in September. It's now she's had a term of it. So what kind of support has she had that's helped her sort of get her head around the subject and start to um, improve the overall school delivery of PE? We've thought a lot about leadership across the whole school in in all subjects over the last couple of years and recognise that if we're going to get really talented uh, you know, teachers into our school that they need they need proper development if they're gonna if they're gonna uh, succeed uh, and if they're ambitious and we want to keep them. So we've done a number of things with Isla. Uh, one of which is to provide her with some consultancy consultancy work uh, where you've been coming in and uh, been supporting her in the delivery of you know inset and and how to develop CPD. Um, She's also part of the, uh, we're a part of a, the Future Zone, which is a, a cluster of schools in Islington, um, and there's a sort of PE and sport network of which she's a member. She's enabled to go to the um, local authorities, PE and sport uh, training, you know, training and development as well. Um, and we've given her lots of time, actually, so time to be team teaching with other teachers in particular, time to be uh, planning. Uh, and time with members of the senior leadership team thinking about her own development. And I think the final thing that we we have done with her is not to expect PE instantly to be fixed. It doesn't work like that. Um, we tend to see a subject like, like sport and PE where it's been relatively under-invested in over a number of years, that actually it might take a year before we see very significant change. Mm-hmm. And recognising in a young and you know aspirational leader like Isla the fact that she mustn't expect things to be fixed immediately, that Mm. actually proper change does take time. Mm. Um, What she's been able to do this year, though, is to get a really good, clear understanding of where we are already with PE and sport, where the skills of the teachers lie, um, where perhaps the gaps in in understanding or delivery lie, and giving her a chance to get in there with teachers and to see their their PE delivery, so that she's starting from a really informed point of view, rather than just imposing... Mm some sort of scheme that she's bought, which I, I think is often uh, a temptation for, yes, for, for newer leaders. Yeah, from what you've described there, it, it sounds so simple and so um, so obvious, 
to give time and support. But the, the majority of PE subject leaders who I talk to are given no time. In their own time, they, they need to try and work out how much equipment they've got and order it, new ones, or sort out risk assessments for competitions, sort out competition teams, and then really their time's gone, yeah. the little time they have. Yeah. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's brilliant that you're doing all this. Um, how will you know as a head teacher when PE's got better? How will you know it's improved? We'll know for a, for a number of reasons. One of them, you know, we expect Isla to tell us about the changes that are happening and to evidence the, the improvements that she's making. So we have really high expectations of her. We're by no means just letting things coast and expecting it to be better in a, in a while. But what, what I'm saying is that my model is not about necessarily the quick wins in subjects like PE and sport. So partly it will be about her evidencing things. It will partly be about us seeing, you know, lessons and we, we're around our school all the time, not just in a formal capacity observing lessons, but, you know, popping in and out, seeing what's going on. Uh, we'll hear um, clearly from parents that there's an improvement in the, the delivery, both in terms of enjoyment of PE lessons uh, and also participation in, in competitions, which we've been very poor at over the last few years. Um, and we'll hear from children. Uh, children love sports and PE. I mean, it's what a, what a joy to be able to teach a subject that almost every child leaps at, literally, um, you know, and we hear from them that they're not, they haven't been as stimulated by sport and PE over the last few years as we would expect them to be. So we'll expect the pupil voice to, to talk to us um, and to be, you know, through school council, but also less formally and more anecdotally than that. The fact that children are enjoying sport and are feeling more challenged by it. One small example of that that I can talk about already is the introduction of the Daily Mile, which Isla has, has brought in, in in a kind of phased way. So at the moment, Key Stage 1 and, and Year 3 are doing it. Um, we're, that's being talked about all the time. It's being talked about all the time by parents and by children. Um, it's raising the profile of, of fitness. Uh, and we're seeing, anecdotally so far, an improvement in behaviour and engagement as a result of doing that. Um, so, you know, we know when things are improving both in a kind of data-led way and a, a formal way, but also in an anecdotal way. And I think in a subject like sport and PE, often it's that anecdotal evidence that's just as important as the hard data. Mm. Fantastic. Jack, thank you very much. We are going to now meet Isla. So um, thanks for your time. Thanks for having us in. Thank you. Cheers. So now we welcome Isla to our podcast. Welcome, Isla. Hi. Um, so I'd like to begin by asking you why you decided to take a role as a PE subject lead. Maybe I was a bit stupid, I don't know. Um, no, well, I've always been interested in sport since I was young. Um, I've always been into competitive sport and I was big into fencing when I was younger. Um, and actually that was kind of what led me into teaching in the first place. Because I used to be a fencing coach and I always really enjoyed it. So I just thought, why not go into teaching and see how that goes. Um, and I actually started on a B.Ed course with a primary PE specialism. So it was kind of from the beginning that's what I intended to do. It was always in the pipeline, I just, uh, it took me a while to get there. Um, so then when the opportunity came up, I grabbed it. Mm, that's fascinating. I had no idea you were a fencing coach. Yep. Okay. Yep, I've been right. foil. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, did you still do any of that? Um, no, I haven't actually fenced for a couple of years, but I did it pretty competitively for like, well, 17 years. Okay, so you're yeah. kind of a sports coach who then decided they wanted to be a teacher. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was more like I was a recreational fencer and a competitive fencer, and at my club I would do a lot of coaching, but I was mainly a competitive fencer, that was my main thing. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I also went to Tanzania for a bit and taught in a school there, and I'd done some work experience about, so just kind of all fit, fit together quite nicely. But yeah, it was the co- sports coaching that kind of led me in that direction. And when um, Jack asked around who wants to be the PE subject lead, mm. were, was there a clamour of hands or was it uh, just you? No, uh, to be honest, everyone else was saying, immediately said me, because I've right. already spoken to them about the fact that I, you know, I'm into PE and some, some of the staff are always joking about me being sporty either. So, um, yeah, I, it just, I was the only one, but I'm quite glad. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so, um, and it's probably worth the background is that I've um, met with you since September a couple of times, mm-hmm. two or three times, to sort of spend a bit of time with you, um, going through a couple of bits and pieces of very simple stuff, but I think it's worth us exploring that a little bit because I think a lot of people who are new to the role wouldn't necessarily have that kind of support. So one of the first things we did was look at what is the ILA definition of high quality PE, mm-hmm. um, which I have on my screen here um, to remind us. Um, but what's, what was it for you that you wanted PE to look like? I mean, the main thing was the fact that it was engaging and enjoyable for children. I had seen previously and heard from children that they just didn't enjoy PE. They either were running or standing around quite a lot. Um, and a lot of the time teachers felt that to be uh, a controlled class they kind of had to have everyone either standing or sitting or whatever and quite structured um, tasks for the children to do that took a lot of turn taking and whatnot and also a lack of equipment um, caused the problem of people saying you know I couldn't do this today so I did dodgeball or whatever because I didn't have enough balls or whatever so um, I thought it was important that we talked about why we're doing PE and the fact that it needs to be engaging Um, and then I wanted to move away from doing sports specific lessons and um, allow children to just pick up and learn techniques and learn skills that they could then apply to specific sports rather than doing it the other way around Um, having a child trying to learn tag rugby in year two is I well, I found pretty pointless. Trying to figure that out in my first year here, um, I immediately just decided that that wasn't going to work. Okay, so let's explore that a little bit more because I think that's that's really interesting. So, <coughs> what you were saying in your first was that your first year actually first teaching? Year here, yeah. yeah, so first you had a year two, yeah, and you. I had well, I had year one, but we were doing it across the phase of year one, year, year okay. one two. And you found that that taking tag rugby as a concept for the children was. Um, difficult to teach or not relevant? Or? I mean, I didn't feel like it was an appropriate step yet. The children still are learning their fundamental movement skills anyway. They're developing those. So there's no point in then trying to teach them to throw a ball backwards and add in, like, trying to take away tags from other children. It made more sense to move away from that and get their throwing and catching really good, their running really good, so they could then apply it to tag rugby later on. But yeah. rather than trying to teach them skills that they weren't even comfortable doing in a normal fashion yet. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? that, that makes sense. So it's more that the task is um, appropriate for the age and stage of the children. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, we talked quite a bit when we had those discussions about your definition of high quality P about this 
buzzy atmosphere, a controlled but buzzy atmosphere is what's on the, on the kind of mm-hmm. definition. So tell me what you mean by that. What does that feel like for you or look like? I mean, all children are active and they're smiling, they're loud, but in a in an active way, like they would be in a math lesson or something like that when they're talking and having really like involved chat about the maths. So same with the PE. And I have noticed that since I've changed my lessons up a bit, that I have that buzzy atmosphere that can sometimes be a bit overwhelming and seem like they're not doing the right thing, but because all children are active and having a good time in PE, which is the main thing for me to start with, mm. especially at year one. Okay, so to challenge that then, and I have this <laughs> challenge, because I, I run courses where I try and put out a similar message to the one you've just described, mm-hmm. and I often get the feedback on that, well, it's not safe, is one thing, and also that um, it looks too chaotic or that it's too noisy. So how do you feel about those things? I mean, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming with the noise and it does feel too noisy, but then I look around and I realise I just need to take a step back. Like, I don't need to be in control of it all. I am very clear about my safety guidelines to start with, um, and if I feel like I need to stop the class to remind them of that, I will. Um, but generally, they're focused on what they're doing and they're sort of engaged in that activity that they're not being silly. Mm. Um, and if they are... I can have I have that freedom to go over and work with that group and sort of get them back onto ta- onto the task because mm. I'm not trying to teach everyone from the front. Yeah, so. that makes sense. That makes sense. So you're now you're now still key stage one. Mm-hmm. So your PE lessons, I'm trying to get a picture of what they might look like. I haven't actually seen one, have I? Really, we did deliver one together. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing they look quite chaotic. Yeah. Would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, phone javelins going everywhere, that kind of thing. But they're all. I, I can see progression, I can see improvements already because they're wanting to do it and they're learning how to throw it better because they can see it's going all over the shop so they're picking up the skills that they need to and I can help them along the way with that, with indip- like ind- individual le- uh, teaching, which is great. Okay, all right. Um, the other part, I think uh, one of the things you've said in your definition of high quality PE, lessons have an objective mm-hmm. and learning is modelled within the lesson. The lesson is planned as part of a learning journey. Mm-hmm. so previous learning is built on now this will be obvious to a teacher but when I talk to coaches about this it's almost sometimes like a bit of a foreign language to them yeah um, and Jack and I had a discussion about this move from coaches to teachers um, when teachers deliver PE do you find that they do lessons automatically because they're teachers with objectives and with modelled learning and with lesson learning built from from one lesson to the next? I mean, I haven't seen enough of other teachers, to be honest, to be able to say what they do and don't do. Um, I know previously before they were doing the carousel activities that there would be sort of a specific reason for their lessons and they would model what the the task is. Um, I couldn't actually say right now what it's like. What's been the big things that have worked for you um, in terms of, because obviously we talked a little bit about your own definition of high quality PE in your own lessons, mm-hmm. but your role is to try and change and improve PE across the school. Mm-hmm. So what have you tried to do that's worked? Um, well, I've been lucky enough to be given three uh, three staff meetings across the year. So my first one, I spoke to the rest of the staff about high quality PE and changing the curriculum from being sports specific 
um, per term to sort of skill uh, learning the skills that they can then apply to the sports um, and doing it in a carousel approach. So they have <clears throat> one lesson which is like multi-skills carousel and then one that's like gymnastics or dance or swimming depending on the year. Um, and that seems to be working really well. The teachers have had really positive feedback about the carousel activities. I haven't heard much about the other stuff to be honest. Okay. Um, but the teachers seem happier and more confident in, okay. in what they're doing and the fact that they don't have to change all the time is really beneficial for yeah. them. Um, the one thing that they have said is about sort of setting up and not always having the time. And mm. also some of them do it up on the roof and having to get the equipment from downstairs, upstairs and sure. whatnot. But we talked about yeah. the fact that if you keep doing it, the children will know how to set it up so they can help you set it up and it makes it a lot quicker. Yeah. So you're lucky, three staff meetings a year yep. for PE? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's that shows that their teachers serious about this. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I could tell straight away when I had my interview for the role that he was really serious about changing mm, PE. That's amazing, actually. I don't know any other state school where it's taken that seriously, which is awesome. So, mm. tell me about this first meeting then. Um, uh, in the staff room, practical. What did you do? What did you choose to do? Um, I did a bit of talking and then the teachers discussing and then mostly practical. I had intended to do the practical in the sports hall, and so I had it all planned out, it was great. And then uh, found out about five minutes before, well, got reminded that there was a after-school club in there, so I wouldn't be able to use it. Mm-hmm. So I just pushed some tables back in the uh, classroom, and actually, instead of giving the teachers some ideas of activities, I just gave them some equipment and said, go and think of an activity with this, and then we showed mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then talked about how they could be differentiated yeah. within those yeah. skills. So. It okay. worked really well, and I had really positive feedback from yeah. it. So, and the teachers yeah. were able to come up with stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, teachers are creative, and yeah. they know they know what you need to do. It's just like having the freedom to do it. I think. Yeah, yeah. And okay. feeling that you can just go, you know, what we are gonna do some random things with bean bags or whatever, yeah. and I know that it's gonna be supporting their their yeah. development. So. Yeah, and it gave them a chance to share ideas, which I suppose for most people in PE you wouldn't you wouldn't normally get. Yeah. Yeah. And the differentiation piece is really useful, isn't it? Because you can start talking about how, with a beanbag activity, the ones who can't do it, how would you make it a little bit easier, Yeah. etc. And yeah. I mean, next week I've got my second staff meeting and we are going to talk about differentiation and yeah. step model and stuff. So okay. I think it will be it'll progress on nicely um, and okay. hopefully it will give All teachers right. a bit more freedom. We could now talk about the step model in detail, but um, <laughs> let's park that for another conversation. Yeah. So... Um, just coming back, I want to talk about the staff meet a bit more then. So mm-hmm. you mentioned the word carousel a couple of times. So mm-hmm. what is a carousel activity for those who have no idea what you're talking about? Uh, so a carousel lesson. Sorry. A carousel lesson. Um, it's like having five different stations with different activities on that the children spend a few minutes at um, and then they move on. So it might be you know, a throwing activity with a beanbag into a hoop um, and or a little tennis activity, whatever. That... I found the children adapt a bit as they go anyway, um, but then it gives the teacher the opportunity to go around and teach uh, individuals, which okay. is really good. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. And so why why for Key Stage 1 especially, is that what you want? Is that what you've promoted to the other staff? Yeah. Yeah. Across the board, they've all taken okay. it on board. Um, I think the year sixes were a bit, uh, a bit more dubious about it, in fact, that they had to do sort of... Comp- more competitive stuff um, 
and more invasion games, but we did talk about how they could do that. Um, but within Key Stage 1, I mean, they need to develop their cooperation, teamwork skills and their fundamental movement skills, and mm. it makes sense for them to do it with short, sharp activities to keep their minds focused and mm. to keep their interest peaked that are actually going to develop those fundamental movement skills before you even try and teach any sport specifics. Yes. And um, I haven't told you this, but I was while I was waiting to meet you now, I was sitting in the staff room, mm. and I don't think the two people in the staff room knew that I was a PE person. Okay. Yeah, right? And they were talking about PE. Oh, really? And it was the caretaker, and I think the other chat was a TA. I have no idea. Right. Um, so they were. He. One of them was describing to the other the PE lesson they'd just done and how they tried to do um, some kind of. Uh, it sounded to me like some kind of lineup kind of activity, queuing activity, oh, okay, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but he had quickly realised that the people in the queue were starting to misbehave and getting anx- anxious about you know, can we do this instead, etc. Yeah. And he quickly then changed it to a carousel. But then they were actually having a conversation with the caretaker who seemed to know all about carousel activities. So. <laughs> Um, I think that your message has uh, permeated very deeply into the staff yeah, um, because I haven't been in a staff room for a long time <laughs> or ever that where um, the caretaker is talking about carousel PE. Yeah. So yeah. well done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was the intention, but the caretaker is on board as well. What happens next then? What's the next step? So, so you've got your high quality PE definition mm-hmm. and you've had a chance to impart that to the staff. Um, and you've suggested how you might change the curriculum, mm-hmm. um, suggested a method of how you teach that. What's the next steps? Uh, going to see other people teach, definitely. Um, so we can see how it's going and see what the next steps are from there. Mm-hmm. Um, competition, as it's one of the things that we're meant to be doing better as a school, I need to try and get on top of that. And then it's also trying to sort out a time where the children can actually learn the sport specific skills that they need to because we're not in charge of the after school clubs so then would mean doing lunchtime activities and things mm. like that I mean personally I need to just make sure that I'm prioritising it enough mm. I think it's I'm fine, I find it difficult to make sure that I'm doing enough for PE without taking away from what I'm already doing I, I feel like I my main job is my class and I sometimes let that completely take over everything so I need to. I just need to be a bit more on the ball with it, to be honest. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. <laughs>